morning and welcome to Sunday Story Hour, where we share real life stories of how human design has helped our guests know themselves on a deep, transformative level. By knowing and trusting ourselves, we develop deeper, more honest relationships and unlock our true gifts. I'm Kathy Bashanko, and my guest this week is Larry Armstead. And apparently it's an orange day, right? <laughs> it is, absolutely. I think I got the memo, right? There you go. Okay, so, well, I love orange. If people don't realize that about me, orange, yellow, green, those are my colors, bright pink. Um, anyway, so hi, hi, Larry. I'm so happy to have you here. And um, Larry is a 6'2 emotional manifesting generator, left angle cross of industry, right? Getting stuff done. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, he is going to... Just start up. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and I'd love if you just dive right into how you found human design, or it found you, and that general narrative would be great. Okay, so I mean, it kind of found me. So, long story short, um, many years ago, I'm 40 years old now, but when I was 15, um, I foresaw the death of my oldest brother, Carl. And um, it was something that happened to me. It wasn't something I was looking for. Of course, no one goes looking for anything like that. But we were kind of at a family gathering, and I was taken out of that gathering and placed in what I call this big spiritual IMAX, right? And I saw the 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 ongoings of my brother's passing play out on this screen in vivid detail. And oh, wow. of course, I took yeah, and I told my mother and everyone, you know, that year. Um, the day that it happened, actually. And they said, you know, don't say anything like that. Of course, you, you're going to you know, make things happen. And I'm like, I'm just telling you what I saw. And nothing happened for a year. And then, you know, the day came up. I always kept that little vision in the back of my mind. And the day that he passed, I started recognizing little keynotes from the vision happening. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to do something to change it. And everything that I would do to try to change it would actually just keep the narrative going the way that it was supposed to go. He was actually intended to exit. From that point, I got really curious spiritually. I've always loved spirituality, but I got really curious spiritually. I am a Midwest church boy. Um, you know, grew up in the Bible Belt. My uncle is my pastor. I was there to open the doors of the church when it was time to open them. And I was often there to like lock the doors when everyone was gone, right? And the church was not giving me answers that I needed. So, you know, this is 1999. So the, the internet's a little bitty baby at that point. So I went to the library and I checked out every book imaginable on psychic, spirituality, ghosts, haunting, mediumship, you name it. I had the book from the library. I know they were like, why is this guy checking out, you know, 15 books at a time? And I mean, I'm sitting here soaking up the information and, you know, as a 6'2", um, I'm in the line three phase of my, my chart at that point. So I'm experimenting with everything that's in the book, right? I'm, if they say, let's do some remote viewing, let's do it. If they say, let's do some channeling, let's do it. If they say, let's meet spare guides, let's do it. I'm doing every single thing. Um, and eventually, uh, I started reading for friends like all over the, the U.S. I had some friends in New York and some out in California. And I told them what, that, what I was doing. And of course, they were like, well, prove it. Open this to open ego. I'm like, well, of course I will. Pr I'll prove it to you. Um, and so I began reading, and people were like, "The heck are you doing this?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I just see what I see on the spiritual IMAX, and I, I'm giving it to you. I never believe a damn word that I'm saying as it's coming out of my mouth. I always look back, and people are telling me, and I'm like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" They're like, "Yeah, you 
and, and that still happens to this very day. My business coach, who I hope is watching, she just told me something the other day and I, you know, gave her the vision of it. And she was like, Larry, I just want to reflect back to you. It's happening. And I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? She was like, yeah, I have to keep on showing you that you're actually right. Even though you never believe a word that you say as you're delivering the message. Um, and from there, you know, I began doing kind of uh, readings kind of around locally. I would go get readings from, you know, little psychics here or tarot readers here. And I would end up, I would end up reading them. I would go pay and then I'd end up reading them. Um, so I, I had a friend at the time, Tasha, she said, have you ever thought about doing this online, like on Reddit? And this is around the time the movie, um, Paranorman came out and it was a little animated feature that we went to go see. And he was a psychic medium, a spiritualist guy. And she's like, you're just like him. You're like paranormal, but you're parallelary. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, consider that stolen. So that's how I became Paralary. Right. Um, and from there, I began doing readings online for five bucks. You know, really amazing money. At that time. <laughs> and um, I met a friend, Amber, who is a very uh, gifted psychic medium. She's a splenic manifester. And she invited me to this spiritualist group. And we all met one day. And there was this girl in there that I was really drawn to. Her name is Michelle. And we began reading A Course in Miracles together. We just kind of struck up a friendship. Hey, I'm reading it. Do you want to read it with me? We read it. And then, you know, we did everything pretty much but A Course in Miracles. I mean, we were doing emotional maturity, trauma work, parts work, inner child work. I mean, anything you can do and on top of all the spiritual work that we're doing. Right. She's the person who let me know, hey, do you have trauma? And I'm thinking trauma is like you get in a car accident and your hands like chopped off or, you know, the passing of my right. brother. I wasn't thinking little T traumas or anything like that. And then one day she looks at me and she says, have you ever heard of this thing called human design? And I'm at this point, I'm so far down the spiritual rabbit hole. I'm like, Michelle, listen, I don't need another modality. I've got tarot. I've got Oracle. I'm a spiritual life coach. I got neurolinguistic programming. Like I'm listening. I'm proving by listing all of the things, right, that I'm done and that I have. And she was like, okay. And Michelle is an emotional manifester. So, of course, she's going ahead without me, right? Right. And, be, and she's like, well, Larry, it's okay if you're not ready. The easiest way to get me is, it's okay if you're not ready. <laughs> so I'm I got to like, prove oh, you're I, ready, right? Correct. Correct. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going, but I still was in active resistance to looking at human design. I would pull up my chart and, or she would read stuff about my chart to me. And I'm like, this reads like mud. I, I don't, what are you talking? What is a G set? Are you talking about a G spot? What is he? What are you talking about? (laughs) And one night after I gone through a really terrible breakup of like after nine years, Mm -hmm. um, I was actually up visiting Michelle, and I was. This is in Connecticut. I'm in Southern Indiana, so I'm over 900 miles away from home, and it's like two in the morning. I'm artificial shores, so I love that time of night. I'm very nocturnal, and I had no vehicle, and everyone that I knew was asleep. And I've been avoiding looking at myself from like the fallout of this breakup. And it was there that I finally met myself. And then I finally got curious enough to open up my chart. And it was there. I was kind of like, oh my gosh, there might be something to this human design stuff. And I finally looked into it and I have not looked back since. So and you were it kind of found me. Yep. So you were already on the roof by that point, right? Tech, you know, human design, six, 
I'm just saying this for the audience, you know, as a sixth line, you go on the roof around 2930. And so this was oh, yeah. early after that. This was, you said about five years ago. Is that what you told me? Yeah, I, I'm very much on the roof at that point. Yeah. yeah. Didn't yeah. didn't know that I was, but yes, I was. Absolutely. Yeah. So what was it that you saw in your design that made you say, okay, maybe I do need this. Maybe this is something for me. What was it that you saw in that body graph? Or- for me, it, it was my profile. It was, it was the two line more specifically that really got me because for the bigger part of my life, you know, I have, I come from an amazingly huge family. Like we have to rent out like banquet halls or have three different Thanksgivings or Christmas. Right. right? And I've always been the person I'm like, okay, there's, that's enough of this. I need time to myself. Or when, you know, I have a lot of nieces and nephews, there's 36 of them. God bless it. And when I was still living at home with my parents, I would always like, I'd get upset when people wanted to stay over or the nieces and nephews wanted to stay over. Right. And when, like, like when friends would want to come over to my house and I'm like, oh, okay, it's time for you to go. I need a long time. I always thought I was strange. I was like, and everyone would say, why are you like that? Quit being like that. And the moment that I saw that Herman line and I read that, I mean, that brought me to tears. I was like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. This is actually my body asking for this. Right. And that was enough. That was just the the hook that I needed just to like say, okay, there's something here. And I just kept going. And, I, and the more I uncovered, I was like, yes, yes, yes. So it, it's just been one yes after the next. So it's interesting because I feel like that's usually what really, um, there's always that feeling that's what really gets people where there's this one thing where you're like, oh, I'm not broken. I'm not crazy. There's not, that's not something that I need to change that everybody keeps telling me I need to do this to overcome it or whatever. And when you start to realize that there, that thing you knew innately about yourself that everybody told you was your thing you needed to work on. My detriment. Part of your superpower, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in your, your, what you said? My what people would say that's your detriment. Oh, you really, oh. you really need to work on that. You really need to change and fix that. I, indeed, I don't. Right. It's how I'm designed to work. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because so I'm six two, and um, obviously, you know, it says right on my thing but and clearly, yeah. um, you know, I didn't even find human design till uh, you know, or it found me after I was already off the roof, and um, but your design is so different than mine. At being single definition, whereas I'm triple split, which means I have these three, and, I, and I'm not talking down to you. I know you know this, but I'm just explaining yeah, yeah. for those who don't know. Triple split means I have energy centers that connect over here and energy centers that connect over here and energy centers that connect over here, but they don't talk to each other and on a, any kind of consistent, reliable basis. Mm-hmm. So I have this second line body that needs to hermit. But when I'm alone, I don't connect. So I have spent my whole life not understanding that, right? And thinking, I want to be alone. I need to be with people. I want to be alone. I need to be with people. And it just felt so wrong all the time. And now to understand that I need to be alone, and maybe that alone means sitting in a coffee shop by myself, just watching the world go by or having people around me that I'm not active. Maybe I'm even having idle chit chat with, but it's not this constant um, immersive 
go, go, go kind of mentality, or even it's just connecting on a Zoom call. I really feel like that connects up my splits for the day very nicely sometimes. So yeah. and it's when someone is single definition, for them to try to understand what it's like to be a second line hermit who doesn't, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, <laughs> It's been a it's been a lifelong process figuring you know understanding that. But anyway, back to you. So you found this out and you started to explore on your own, and then and then what? So then, so Michelle, you know, I always say she tricked me in, into uh, starting the deconditioning process because you know with all the trauma work and the emotional work and all the other works that we were doing and the spiritual work that I was contributing and the parts work and everything that I was contributing. I didn't realize that, you know, he was always like throwing little things at me for my chart. And I would just kind of like, you know, water off a duck's back for me. I was like, I'm really not that invested until that that moment. But, you know, I looked up one day and I was like, this makes sense. And Michelle is has been my healing partner um, and my deconditioning partner. And I just looked up one day and I'm like, oh, my God. We have we've covered a lot of ground and we've done a lot of work. And she was like, Yeah, you've kept been deconditioning with me and you didn't know. And I'm like, leave it to a manifester to help me. This is kind of initiate initiate the entire process, right? Um, so from there, it's been I just got extremely curious, you know, about just the energetics of my chart. But what I have found that has been really interesting is most of my chart is you know collective circuitry right um the bigger part of my chart that that's where it's at and so when i began reading design how i learned was i began reading of course for everybody else um i was like oh i'll, I'll be here i'll go to the back of the line or i'll read for everybody else mom this is what's going on dad this is what's going on and everyone's everyone's like oh my god i need more i need more i need more so i'm reading for everyone else and it's finally like spirit sat me down and was like, no, 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 no. You get, you're here to know yourself, know yourself. And then you can, you can go role model it for the collective. And I'm like, oh, and you know, my, and what, what was, what I found to be the most interesting in this kind of diagnostic or analysis, of my chart is my dad is, you know, also mostly collective circuitry. Um, but I wasn't, I have, I don't have that, that bond, that extra special, like close bond with my dad. Um, I'm more bonded to my mother and my mother's circuitry is mostly tribal. So I'm a little, you know, collective guy trying to act as a tribal guy and it never feels right. And, you know, the things mom would say about the family, or you should be doing this, or this is your family, or you only have this. And I'm just like, that does, that never resonated or felt right to me. And like, she's tribal and individual for the most part. And I am collective and tribal for the most part. And I'm like, this stuff just well, never feels right a to lot me. Of, I don't mean to interrupt, but you've got quite a bit of individual in there with that 2034 and the 10 still. And yeah. the hanging 28 and the hanging 55. Those are all, um, and, and the 43, those are all individual energies. So I don't mean to contradict you, but I, I feel like. Uh, I sense the individualism in you just as much as, in fact, it's, yeah, and you've got the, anyway, I don't, again, I'm not no, trying no, to you're, contradict. No, you're, no, you're, you're good, because when I look at the overall circuitry, 
it's mostly collective that I sent and that I did most of. There is, there's a lot of individual in there, most definitely, but the overwhelming amount is collective. And what I kind of looked at or understood was you have this guy that's being raised in a way that wasn't quite in aligned for him. I've always kind of felt, and I think this might be kind of the plight of the 6'2", you know, being just who we are, I've never felt completely connected to just the experience of being part of the family or being part of everything. I've always kind of felt like, you know, as Rob kind of says, the six line six sits on the top, so it's kind of really not part of the hexagram. It is, but it's not. And that yeah. lends itself to feeling a little bit of a, as an outsider a little bit. And I, that is one thing that I have kind of struggled with my entire life. In the moment that I found that out as well, I was like, this makes sense. This makes sense that I'm not, you know, completely, I feel like I'm always on the window on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. And I have a little niece who is a 6'2 emotional projector. And she's in her, she's in the three phase of her, her life right now. She'll be 20 in, on December 30th. And she's asking me all of these questions because I've gotten her into design. And she was like, I've always just felt like the black sheep of the family. And I'm like, uh-huh. And so it's just interesting to kind of to watch the energetics of how this all works and how my family life is working, how my friendship life is working. And it helps me not to take things so personal at this point. And yeah. that's one of the biggest things. It's one of the biggest gifts, I think. Yes, definitely. It takes away those stories that are mine makes up to explain why things are happening when there's really an energetic explanation where you can look at it all and say, you know, oh, I meant, you know, I meant to have all these different experiences because in the first phase of my life, I meant to really gather all this information by seeing what hasn't worked out for me. Yeah. That I can then take that onto the roof. And um, so tell me what, what you feel like okay so you've been on the roof for a bit now you're about half maybe what maybe a third of the way into your on the roof experience or so i don't want to yeah um, yeah you know yeah i've been i've been up here chilling out for a minute um and And what's the the, biggest difference you think um like just for me it's realizing that i'm not this freaky outsider weirdo um, because again, like I said, I've always been spiritual. And as I began listening to, you know, the lectures from Ra and all of these things, the one thing that Ra said to me that just didn't hit my strategy and authority the right way was, you know, all the spiritual stuff is, you know, it's great, but, but it's an illusion. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not an illusion at all. And I was like, because I have experiences that, you know, speak otherwise. And, you know, when I went to Santa Fe this year and spoke at the uh, human design conference there, that was the topic of my, 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 uh, my talk. The spirituality stuff is not an illusion. It's not something that's made up. It's not, it's not some sort of distraction, not not human design distraction, not that, uh, that verbiage, but it's not some sort of distraction, not something that's not real. It very much is real. And I couldn't reconcile like how human design is built upon a lot of spiritual components, you know, the the I Ching and Eastern or Western astrology and all of, you know, all the components that make up human design, the chakra system, 
And the Kabbalah is deeply spiritual, right? Correct. Right. And I did that so I could understand how Ra would say, oh, this is not a spirituality is an illusion. I'm like, it's not. And for me, the biggest thing that I took away, like, as I've been deconditioning is like, of course, the miracles has never left me. Um, books like the law of one and Urantia and tarot and Oracle, these things have never left me. And so what I began seeing, especially here up on the roof, having this, you know, this perspective to look down and just survey the land basically is that there's the, the voice that Ra experienced is the same voice that is transmitting in a course of miracles. They hold the same vibratory pattern. And they speak in the exact same way. You know, Ra's voice said, are you ready to work? Um, of course, the miracles, the voice said, this is a course of miracles. Um, are you ready to begin? And they speak in a very, the very similar way. Um, you know, Ra talks about no choice. Of course, the miracle says, you know, this is a course of miracles. Um, the course is not optional. The only thing you get to choose is the time in which you take it. But the course is an optional. And I see these threads going through all of these spiritual um, frameworks. And I'm like, oh my God, what if the voice transmission is something that has always been playing in the background? We just got to pay attention. And, you know, I, I could say some very heretical stuff. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to refrain from doing that, but, um, you know, it's, Ra's experience for me, just looking at that, I said, it's nothing special. It's nothing out of the ordinary. It's not even anything unique. Um, and that's one of the biggest pieces of things that's come out of this time of being on the roof. It's even with the 1987 supernova and everything that was going on when he had his experience, the voice transmission is not unique. We can trace it back to actually Ancient Egypt is the first time that I can find it in some of the older spiritual traditions. And they have been sprinkling this information all throughout every spiritual tradition. So for me, I can't get rid of any of my spiritual knowledge. I can't get rid of any of my spiritual wisdom or anything that I know because I see how it all goes together. I can see that these are all puzzle pieces or fractal pieces that actually snap into each other. And human design for me is one of those pieces. It is not the only piece for me. Okay, so how did so you were speaking at the High Desert Human Design Conference in mm -hmm. Santa Fe, which is a very um, raw purist group of human designers, right? Like, yeah. so I'm curious how. You going there and saying, well, Ross said this, but it's not, I don't buy it. How that was received? Actually, very, very, very well. Um, I'm still getting messages. And that was in September of this year. And I'm still getting messages from people saying, oh, my God, I just listened to your speech. Or, or oh, my God, I've been meaning to message you. Thank you. The big, I mean, the day that I gave that speech out there and I, I termed it, I termed this system of human design, divine human design because I see the divine overlay in all of it. And there are people that came up to me. There was one lady in particular that came to me and said, this was actually going to be my last human design event ever. I was leaving human design. I was leaving it all behind because I was brought up with a certain spiritual tradition. And for them to tell me that it's all BS. No. And she said, I was so conflicted 
And thank you because now I feel seen and I see where the spiritual is. I had that same message happen. My thread, I was there for a week. That same message threaded throughout the week from so many people. I talked to so many people that I have lost track at this point. There's still people texting me and calling and I'm like, they're like, we spoke at the, you know, high desert human design conference. I'm like, we did. I mean, that's how many people came up to me and gave me hugs and just embraced me and said, thank you for saying what you said. Thank you for reintroducing this and bringing the spirituals to light and letting us know it's not an illusion and it's not BS. So now what? So what do, what do you do now that you <laughs> say that? What does that what does it mean to practice to, in practice for you? So for me, um, number one, I'm, I'm writing the book for Divine Human Design and it won't be a thing that is like, oh, I'm trying to replace human design or I'm trying to say that human design as a system doesn't work. The way that I view it um, for me is, you know, Ra was still very much a human being and he had a very human mind and a very human nervous system that had a capacity to bring in what he was able to bring in for this collective at that time or, you know, for humanity at that time. That does not mean that there was all that there was. I mean, before he passed, you know, he was, you know, reportedly working on, you know, right, rewriting everything in more empowering language, right? Um, which is why I really think Karen Kirk for what she does. Um, but for me, design language, right? Absolutely. Because, it, 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 you know, it's more empowering. Um, but for me, I'm writing the book on divine human design, and it's not to replace anything. It is, it's more of a reference book just to say, this is one more piece of the puzzle that I have that other people may not have. And what I have been seeing is, you know, um, there are blind spots that each energy type has. Um, there are blind spots that we all have individually. Um, there are spiritual, there are ways like from A Course in Miracles, I can lay the 365 lessons from the A Course in Miracles workbook on top of the gates and the channels and the energy centers. And, and it's, it's amazing because it takes the buzz out of the the not self that appears in there. Um, for, go for it. Do you mind um, backing up a little bit? You said there are sure. blind spots that each energy type has. Yeah, and um, this is something that's not taught in human design. Is this something else that you found, or this is something else? A little bit. Yeah, this is something else that I have found. Um, so. You know, we see that we have the, you know, the personality, the personality side and the design side. Right. Um, and for me, it goes a little, there's a step that goes like just a hair deeper um, with the blind spots. The blind spot is the blind spot is what we don't know that we don't know. So right. I would say with, with the unconscious stuff, we kind of know that we don't know it because it's sitting right there for us in red. Right. But this, these blind spots are what we don't know that we don't know. So if, if I say to you, Hey, you know, Kathy, do you know how to drive a stick shift? Yep. Okay. So you know how to drive a <laughs> stick shift. So, so you know that you know that. Been a minute, but uh, yeah. So what, what is something that you don't know? Um, I don't know how to perform brain surgery. <laughs> okay. So you don't know how to perform brain surgery, but that still exists in the realm of the stuff that you know. You know that you don't know that, right? Right. Yeah, sure. So the blind spot is you don't know what you don't know. 
And right. what, uh, so what I found about like the manifesting generator, for example, the blind spot for the manifesting generator is identification. We become overly identified with things and that have that the moment we have be, we begin identifying with something is the moment that it becomes problematic with us because then we take it on and everything about it becomes really personal and it becomes Life really manifesting generator specifically. The manifesting. So what I did is I took a course in miracles. I took some keynotes from um, the law of one and the law of one actually lists some energy types that you can actually overlay on top of um, human design um, that are very similar. The verbiage is different, but they're very similar. And that's the one thing that's running through it. So I took human design. I took a course in miracles and I took the law of one. And I was like, okay, let's put all this together. The manifesting generator is here to work on overly identifying or identifying with things. And it's something that I actually, I spoke about that too at um, the high desert conference, I actually had a manifesting generator come up and read um, what I had written about identification. And if you go um, over to my website and plug in your chart, you know, for free at my website, you'll get a 29 page report. And toward the end of that report, it'll show you what your energy types identification is. Oh, okay. I'll have to try that. And your website is parallary.com, right? Yes, it is. Okay. So that's interesting. So what is the projector blind spot? Projectors are blinded by judgment. Ooh, that sounds real. <laughs> Projectors are blinded by judgment. It is judgment of the self and judgment of the other and judgment of the situation. Um, and I think a lot of that, I know a lot of that comes from the the kind of the not self-spin that will happen in a projector. The projector uh, room. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That it, relates. Yeah. So th that's the big blind spot for the projector. What about the manifestor? Uh, the manifestor is um, blinded by oh, your huddle <laughs> leader. You didn't know I was going to quiz you on this, so you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, did, I know you were quizzing on that. Yeah, <laughs> um, the manifestor is blinded by um, justification. Ah, okay. Yeah, they're blinded well, by. They're justification. meant to just act, right? So they shouldn't be justifying. They should just be informing. They don't need to explain. They don't need to. The, right. Yeah. Correct. So it's you know it's all of these things that people um, aren't seeing about themselves. Like the generators are blinded by faulty compass. Like what? Uh, what? By, by fault, a faulty compass. So it's oh. like, they, so it, it's when the generator tries to act in a, as a type that it's not designed to act as, the compass goes wonky. It's like putting they're a... They're not following their yes. They're not following correct. their sacral yes. Okay. Correct. Okay. And then so the reflect. So you got them all there except the reflector. What's the reflector? The reflector is really interesting. Um, they're, they're blinded by being openness. So they see everyone's goodness. Or they see just goodness and all, and goodness is a very blanket term that I use. But when you see you're failing to stay to see their goodness, yes, they fail to yeah. see their goodness and they fail to see the goodness in everyone else. Right. So that's that's the blind spot that the reflector holds. They only see the potential. Yes, I've heard that about um, reflectors before. So that I can see where that is. Yeah. So that's interesting. Cool. So how has that helped you to know what, do you know what you are overly identifying with Mr. Manifesting Generator? Oh gosh. Uh, I was very much over identified with this. Woe is me. I'm powerless. I'm helpless. I'm defenseless. Somebody please come rescue me. 
that that was if you looked up the Larry life story, that was my life story. And what I came to do in this deconditioning process is I did a bunch. We did a bunch of inner child work. Um, mm. And I finally got to meet little six year old Larry. And I was like, why, dude, why do you feel this way? What, what's going on here? And when he said, I feel defenseless, I feel powerless, I feel helpless. I'm like, OK, well, what can I do for you as an adult to help you not feel that way? And he said, I want to go to karate. And I'm like, you want to go to, I mean, and this is me as an adult. I'm like, you want to go to karate. Okay. So I took him around the city. And I would, I sat in every karate studio in the city. And I was just waiting, you know, I'm, you know, I'm emotional. So I'm like, no, this one, and this, this one doesn't feel right. This one doesn't feel right. And I'm like, okay, one of these, I'll get here and it'll feel like home. It'll feel right. And I walked into one and I was like, oh, this is here and started that day um, with Taekwondo and Krav Maga and the joy that just permeated for me and the, the move, the movement, the striking, the, the discipline, the, the way you think after you've been in something like that has been transformational. And I actually find that after I have been in Taekwondo or if I've been doing Krav Maga and I'm there every single week, multiple times per week, that is when I'm actually able to let go a lot of, of a lot of that sacral energy. Um, the emotional wave moves a lot quicker. Um, and I'm able just to get to clarity a lot quicker. Um, and I'm not, I'm not staying stuck in stories. I'm not staying stuck and not self. And I notice it's the days that I don't go like on the weekends when, when they're closed and let's say something happens that throws up a wave. I'm like, Oh my God, I need that movement. But it was it was that for me. That was my identification. Wow. So what was the second one called? Ta- something you said Taekwondo and what was the other one? And Krav Maga. I've it's never heard of that one. Or maybe I have, a, but I've never paid attention to it. Have you ever seen the movie Enough with Jennifer Lopez? It's a little older one, like a yeah. figure. It's a um that's where I actually find, first saw Krav Maga. Um she was in an abusive relationship in this movie and um, she was trying to leave her husband, but he was kind of stalking her all over the country. And mm. she learned the system to defend herself. Okay. And I, I'm in bed one night and I'm like, that, I want to do that. Right. Then, you know, you know, little Larry's like, I want to Six-year-old little Larry said that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. He was like, I want to, yeah, I want to do that. And so I was like, okay, dude, we'll find it. Yeah. And we had to find the right one for him. Right. So how yeah. long have you been doing that? I have been there. It'll be going on four years. Oh, wow. That's uh, great. Yeah. I'll be, yeah. I am three belts away from my black belt. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I know there's a, there's some rest coming right after that. Um, but everything right. in my body is just like black belt, black belt, black belt, black belt. I'm like, okay, we'll get you there. The 952 of concentration is right there. Black belt. Okay. That open ego work? really wants that, right? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about, um, how knowing yourself through the lens of human design has impacted your connection with your divine, with divine Larry, with your spiritual gifts. So it has let me know the first thing I get, again, it kind of harkened back to you're not crazy. You see spirituality 
everywhere. Um, anybody who talks to me always hears, Larry, you are all spiritual. You see the spiritual in everything. Um, and it it's something that I can't not see at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it let me know that I, I again, being raised very extra Christian, um, I, my aunt always says, you know, extremely saved. Um, it <laughs> let me know, you know, when I left all of that, I was like, I didn't throw any of the systems away, but mm-hmm. I felt, I felt, I felt amazingly guilty for quite some time, yeah. um, especially being in the church and, you know, going all over the country singing and doing all the things we did at the church. When I finally left the church and began kind of out here on my own, looking at every spiritual system, I was like, everyone has a message. Everyone has validity. Everyone, every single, you know, religious tradition, every single religious train of thought has some kind of validity there that you can pick up from. I don't discard any of it. I don't discard anything from the Christian side of it. I look at things from, you know, the Buddhist side. I look at from everything from, you know, the Hindu side. I look at from A Course in Miracles, which is technically not spiritual. Human design is not a system to believe in. It's a system to experiment with, right? Right. Uh, I look at all of these systems that I've been exposed to, and I'm even, you know, the tarot and the oracle decks. And I'm like, I understand. I see how this all goes together. No one system for me is the complete, total, and full truth. It is like the truth is everywhere. It's what, what is the the X Files says the truth is out yeah, there. Truth. Right. I was actually so funny. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, X Files. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that show. Um yeah, and what you like I, we both have open ajanas. So, you know, like there's this thing where I was just explaining to somebody in some Facebook group somewhere who was talking about, you know, what what is the what center do you feel has been most transformative in your learning? And I said, well, that's hard because I definitely felt transformation in learning all the aspects of my chart. But for me, I think the things people often discount is the Ajna. They don't put enough emphasis. Like they all, when they're thinking about deconditioning, so much is talked about, and rightly so, the ego center, the sacral, the root, you know, the solar plexus, all that. We talk about all of that, the conditioning. But that Ajna, you know, with the open Ajna, we are supposed to just hold space or supposed to is, you know, words matter and supposed to sound like there's a rule, right? But it's, you have this potential to hold the space for all possibilities, right? All truths, all knowingness in, um, in the open Ajna. And when we get locked into any kind of certainty, And that's what I feel like a lot of religious traditions try to do is say, well, we have the corner on the truth, right? And for some people, especially if you have a defined ajna, that might work for you. But when you have this thing where you're, and and there's a lot of people with defined ajnas that doesn't work for, I'm not saying that, but um, you're you're really just here to be like, hmm, that's interesting, right? And and mm-hmm. hold that space. And now you've got um you've got two hanging gates on your Ajna, whereas mine's completely open. And it was funny, I was looking at your chart um a little bit right before we got on. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, okay, he's on the roof. So I wonder what it would be like to be somebody who's on the roof and knew about knows about human design. And by the time you get off the roof, you've had a lot of time to contemplate your Chiron and to like do all these things. And I was like, ooh. 
his your conscious Chiron is gate 23, which is you know, connected to that hanging gate 43 that you have uh, in your Saturn. Mm-hmm. So that's the potential, even though our Chiron doesn't give us a channel, it's the energy of those two connects to, in that genius to freak channel, right? And then mm-hmm. your unconscious Chiron is that gate eight, which I know very well because that is my conscious earth. And I feel like really understanding that energy has been huge for me. And so... You know, you were saying how you're really embracing the idea that, you know, you're not, there's not something wrong with you. Well, gate eight is all about not just not having something wrong with you, but just really embracing the unique person, the unique style of Lair. You know, the whole like, I, every time you're inspired by somebody and you start to like think, oh, I love what they're doing, and you start to do it like they do it, all of a sudden, then you're, I got my hand up now because I, my, you know, <laughs> my, my things, you know, Zoom likes to take all my hand gestures and turn it into stuff. So, um, but you know what I'm saying? So like what I realized is anytime I would admire somebody and I think, oh, I like the way they wear their hair. I'm going to cut my hair like them. You know, that's just, you know, putting us back down into this copying thing, right? That we're, and yeah. the shadow of mediocrity when we as soon as we start to do that. So to me, that feels like <clears throat> you're really being called to own your voice in a really unique way, right? That gate 23 is a mm-hmm. that and yes. it's individual and it's individual energy. And so I would ask you to contemplate where are you denying your individualness? You're very focused on your collective circuitry, but Mm-hmm. You know, that 2034, that integration circuit and that gate 10, which is all about love of self, mm-hmm. is really calling you while you're up on the roof to just know that, right? And see, what's really great about what you're saying is, and, I, I'll, and you'll see it on my website, um, I'm definitely not denying the individual side of me. What What's happening in this, in this, this roof phase is... I'm realizing how much of myself that I've given to just the collective and just being the collective. So I'm, it's, there's actually a reverse happening where I'm like, I'm here to know myself. And as I know myself, I can share it with the collective. And one of the biggest things that I have learned in this roof process is, especially during my breakup, um, my favorite singer in the world. I mean, you'll, you'll see it if I, if I pull up here, but you'll see there, there's, it's Whitney. Ah, okay. You, she, she's tattooed on me. You know, if you if you looked around this room, you'd see nothing but Whitney around me. Um, but the one thing that kept coming up was the greatest love of all. Now, listen, I'm a lifelong Whitney fan. I'm 40 years old. I've loved her since I was two. I learned how to work a VCR because of Whitney. My mom will tell you that story, right? Right. And the song, I, I know every live version of the greatest love of all that you can imagine. Like, I'm the Uber fan who can tell you, you know, Show me a picture of her. I can tell you where she's at and what she's doing, the year and everything. I'm that guy. Okay. And and the song that kept coming up was The Greatest Love of All. The Greatest Love of All. The entire breakup. And this is also heavy deconditioning, right? And like, why is The Greatest Love of All keep coming up? It won't leave me alone. And so as I began listening to the words, holy crap, that that was the biggest thing. Learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. And then I began picking that song apart piece by piece. 
you know, she says, you know, no matter what they take from me, they can't take away my dignity. I'm like, they can't take it away, but you sure the hell can give it away. Yeah. You know, uh, you it's know, a great song. And, People don't don't necessarily sit with it enough, you know. But yeah, and and it's so you don't think this that song is that deep, but that song is very very deep because in this process of deconditioning and you know learning myself, um, you know, knowing myself, leaning into that individual side of me, you know, she says at the end of the song, if by chance that special place that you've been dreaming of leads you to a lonely place find your strength and love. And I'm like, it's the lonely place. Cause I'm like, it's not my chance is going to lead you there. It's definitely going to lead you there, yeah. but you'll find your strength in love. So I have a program on my website called the greatest love Academy, where I actually take you through how to love yourself. Cause everyone says, Oh my God, self love. You should love yourself. You should. The problem is you don't love yourself. And I'm like, no one says. Right. And so I take you through that song, but I take you through that song as with a spiritual component. So, I mean, we're, it sounds like, oh my God, you're just going to take me through the song. No, we're doing parts work. We're doing inner child's work. We're doing trauma work. We're doing shadow work. We're doing all of this stuff so you can find your strength and love. And that love is completely right here. Well, you have a lot of potential to, um, and, you know, looking in your chart, we all have, you know, all of the chart, but I'm looking at the definition in your chart. You've got that 5027, which is that super tribal, nurturing, like aura busting mm-hmm. energy where, you know, I remember um, just recently asking Karen Curry Parker to explain what she means by aura busting energy. And she said, you know, if your grandma has the 2057 or 5027, and you're going to um, think about doing something grandma doesn't like, you're probably not going to do it. Like, you're not going to go to grandma's house with all your piercings in if grandma doesn't like him, if she's got that channel, because that's the kind of energy. It's so strong. It pierces through your aura and makes... So you have this big impact on your tribe. So, you know, that whole really nurturing energy, but it's that kind where people don't want to go against you because they don't want to lose that nurturing. But then you've also get got that gate 29 which is that's in your um incarnation cross so that's your mm-hmm. you know conscious earth and that's so much there's so much commitment in that so and then the gate 30 which is you know desire and dreaming it would be really easy for you to in not self just throw it all away for love right because mm-hmm. yeah so i'm guessing during that first third line phase of your life you know when you're younger you were like tragically in love several times, probably where, you know, you would just like, but I love them. Right. You know, um, that's and, and that's honestly what made me stay in the relationship that you no know, for almost 10 years. Um, I knew here's how funny your design. Obviously, your designs always playing in the background, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Um, when I went on the first date and sat in that guy's apartment for the very first time when I first met him my entire body screamed no like and i remember being jolted by it and i was like no what do you mean no and the longer i sat there I was like no 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 and i'm like why are you saying no you're you're fine i can fix him i can change him these are just a little, little few it's it's going to be fine and 9 years later it was not fine oh, no. i knew from, i knew from the moment i sat down but again, I didn't know design at that point, right? So I'm just like, right? I'm just being crazy. I, 
uh, and then you know open head notch and I'll it's fine. I'm gonna try to be certain. I'll be I'm, I'll talk myself out of it. I think this can be fine. I'm, I'll prove that I can do it. I'll prove oh, that yeah. and then 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 I'll make him. De- it doesn't work, right? But I would not go back and change anything that happened over those nine years because it brought me to where I am now. Right. Yeah. And that's the what that's the the real truth of that. You know, the a third line in general, but a sixth line, even I think in some more, even more extreme ways, the first that first 30 years where we're learning from what doesn't work and we're not third line. So we're not really built with the resiliency of a third line. So we learn yeah. from what doesn't work, but we learn that lesson in a really hard way. Whereas way. the third line, when they learn those lessons, they ha- they have a little more built in resiliency. And I'm not saying it's not difficult. But especially if they have the awareness to know, oh, okay, that didn't work. And now I know and I'm a third line and that's how I learn, right? But yep. as a sixth line, it really does, you know, take its toll on on us. And so Yeah. Yeah. It hurts our it hurts our feelings so bad, is what I find. Like it really just like, you know, I feel like the third line is um the and this is a really bad, but I love horror movies. But I feel like the third line has that, like that Freddy Krueger, like you can stab him and do everything he wants, but he's coming back. He's like, ha, 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 ha. I'm coming back. <laughs> but, but the, you know, the okay. sixth line is, you like, you get stabbed and it's like, oh my God, I'm dying. Oh my God. I no, could never no. watch the Freddy Krueger movies because I'm such a, a visual person and I don't like to watch anything that's, he's just so hideous. <laughs> I, I couldn't watch it. So um, I have watched parts of them but yeah it's been a minute we do um we're getting towards the top of the hour and we've had a couple of people who've commented or whatever and so um i know one early on when you're talking about the jennifer lopez movie angel said she loved that movie she kicked ass and then um jennifer uh jennifer balcom commented extra christian oh my god deconstructing christianity has expanded my spiritual spirituality rather than narrowed it i so really yeah. And I have felt that to be true as well. You know, I I did a lot of deep dive into, um, you know, the, the history of the Bible and a lot of those sorts of things. And, and I have all, a lot of that sort of background in, um, you know, I was raised Catholic and then completely gave that up and considered myself actually an atheist for about a minute and then realized, no, I'm more of just an agnostic, you know, and then... Um, and it's interesting now looking at all of that through the hindsight of, or through the lens now of hindsight with my open Ashna, I realized how much, even though I never would have thought at the time, how much those phases of my life were influenced by the defined Ajnas around me, you know, that were like, oh no, we don't believe that, or we do believe it. And I could be in my certainty or I could go into theirs and there was no in between, right? Yeah. That's what I felt at that point in my life. So, and so then I went through a whole phase where for many years I was um, involved with the Episcopalian Church, which I do think is, is a wonderful organization as far as organized religion goes. But um, around COVID time, when I really got deep with human design, I realized that that wasn't, it was still a slot. And I am not saying anything against any of the slots, but I really wanted to put, take myself out of the slot and open to the wholeness of 
you know, of divine. Honestly, to me, it comes down to we are all, we are all God. We are all source, right? Oh, and so yes. when we see the greatest love is learning to love ourselves because we are, you know, divine incarnate and we're just yes. seeing denial. And what, but the consequence of, of believing that is really difficult because if I'm God incarnate, then you're God incarnate. Mm-hmm. If you're God incarnate, then I have to learn to love you too, right? I mm-hmm. have to fully embrace the trajectory of your own journey being part of your experience here in this reality, right? So mm-hmm. I, I'm not here to guide you because you're God incarnate too, right? I'm here to mm-hmm. guide myself and um, have my own journey and my experiences and n- realize what I don't know, as you said, right? But yeah. I'm also here to allow you to realize what you don't know on your own trajectory. So when we start to get into this um, divisive kind of thing of like, you know, you're right or you're, you're wrong, I'm right, you know, you're good, they're bad you know, that sort of thing. It just, it throws it all off kilter. So. Yeah. And you, you always have to point it back at yourself. You know, my, um, one of the favorite phrases that you hear around this area of the country is the moment you point a finger, you got three pointing back with, at you and a thumb on the way. And, you know, so if you don't, if you say, you know, I love myself, but I don't love the other person, you've already contradicted yourself because as you said, we're all a spark of the divine, Right. And in doing that, I can't say, I can't not love you and love myself at the same time because we're part of the same whole. Right. And so, and so if I don't love you, I'm not, <laughs> I'm in effect, loving myself. Right. I'm laughing at Sam that gave you the little thumbs up. Did you see <laughs> it? The one cloud that I, came up, right? I, yeah. I didn't see it. I didn't yeah. see it. But thank you, Zoom. Zoom has all these automated things. And the, and the funniest thing is I can sit here and do this and not and it not happen. Like if I wanted it to do it, I can't get it to do it. So whatever, it's just got its own little thing just to make us laugh. So anyway, if anybody had any questions, now would be the time to put them in the chat. And um, I have really um, enjoyed this conversation. I don't know if there's um, anything, you know, that we've left out that you wanted to share about what it means to be a parallelary 6-2 emotional manifesting generator. Um, <laughs> is there uh, anything that comes to mind that not, I, not- mean, I mean, for me, it's just, you know, the more I just dive in, the more that I see the notes that I would say of my life, they just speak. And I, I, I've always been a spiritual guy. I've always been a writer and I've always been, you know, an entertainer. And I can see it all happening in my chart. And I'm like, this is just brilliant. Like, this is, these are the things that I knew about myself. But to see them just actually represented sitting right there in front of me, I'm like, this is just, this is so cool. And then being able to, you know, offer what I do on Parallelary.com to people. I always tell people that as a 6'2", you know, especially for me, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy up on the hill, the guru up on the hill, but I... I don't have your answer. I'll anybody that comes to me, I always ask, what, what, why are you asking me to coach you? Why are you here? Why, why me? And realizing that I'm not here to fix you. 
I can't fix you because you're not broken. Um, but I don't necessarily have your answer. The only thing that I can do is show you what has worked for me. And I can role model what has worked for me. Um, but that does not prevent, as I'm pretty sure you understand, people calling you, especially, you know, with my, my 36, you know, everyone that is going through something calls Larry. Was please, Larry, just listen to me. I don't have the answer. I promise you I don't have the answer. I have perspective. And I can give you perspective. But what you do to that, how you action it, is completely on you. Right. And that, that's kind of the biggest thing for me. And I think that's a really important aspect of human design is the great the greatest gift of human design is to be able to know yourself, okay, Whitney, enough to find the answers within you. And human design teaches us that we each have our own way that is not, you know, there's, sure, there's like little slots they fit in, but there's, you know, I'm emotional, I'm emotional authority, right? So I'm meant to find my answer is by waiting for emotional clarity. Well, waiting for emotional clarity looks very different for me than it does for you based on our unique design. So what I talk to people about is I'm not going to in any way tell you what to do, but I'm going to mm-hmm. help guide you to understand your own unique process so you can get out of your own way so you cannot listen to the stories your mind is making up that aren't necessarily for your greater good, they're there to keep you small because your mind always wants to keep you in a, like a, a consistent safety, like, oh, we don't like change kind of thing, which is not good for growth, right? Uh-huh. So so if ever, if if people wanted to work with you, so is um, Paralary.com the best way or is there, how would people contact you if they want to connect? <laughs> Head over just to paralary.com. You can find me on social media, like on Instagram at officially underscore Larry. I will tell you right now, I suck at social media and I have zero pull to social media. So my wonderful executive manager, Anne, runs it and she'll funnel the messages to me. Uh, she's also a 6'2 emotional manifesting generator, um, but social media seems to be her thing. It's not my thing. The best way to get a hold of me is at paralary.com. Um, you can shoot me an email there. You can hit the services tab and see everything that I have to offer. Or you can email me at Larry at Paralary.com. Okay. Um, and we did have one question, and I just noticed Angel said, maybe too long for now, but I'd love to hear his experience with crystal bundles. Is that something specific that you have experience with that would be an, a not too long of an answer? It would be a very long answer. Okay. So maybe, <laughs> yeah. um, maybe you can... Um, Put if you have a link to something or address to something in the comments later. So, um, okay. Okay. And, um, but sounds interesting. So I, um, I want to thank you and thank everybody who's joined us. And, um, every week we share stories of how my guests have come to understand themselves in a more loving and empowering way through the lens of human design, how you think and speak about yourself matters. Human design can show you the reframe of not only your own story, but the story you tell yourself about your relationships. If you're ready to start living a better story, I would love to help guide you through the process of embodying who you came here to be. And to work with me, you would just go, go to kathybashanko.com, which my name is on the screen here, kathybashanko.com, and you can set up a free discovery call. So 
And Paralary.com is on the screen too. So we've made it really easy for everybody. So, and thank you so much, Larry. I really have um, enjoyed our chat and I'm going to end the live. So peace out, everybody. Peace out.